Good day, everybody. Thank you to Rachel and thank you to Kevin for donating to my podcast on Patreon. I really appreciate it, Rachel and Kevin. It is listeners like you who keep this show going. If any of you out there would like to donate to this podcast, head over to my website, kyle.surf. Not kyle.surf.com, just kyle.surf. Donate whatever you can. It helps keep this show going. This was one of my favorite podcasts ever, straight up. It was with Clifford Henderson and Dixie Cox. They are the founders of the Fun Institute, and they have been teaching improv and acting classes for most of their lives. They have taught workshops for high-tech businesses, university educators, retreat centers, psychotherapists, incarcerated women, a Zen community, stroke survivors, and the public at large. I started taking improv classes from Dixie and Clifford a few months ago, and it is fun, it is scary, and I think everyone should do it. So I brought them on the show. So I hope that you get a couple laughs out of this conversation with Dixie Cox and Clifford Henderson. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. Not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen and that being my job. I'm standing at a desert oasis right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. So in improv, are there uh, a lot of props, or is it usually just a person up there on a stage? Well, or a group of people. Let's be. There's many kinds of improvising. Okay. Okay. Our style of improvising, no props, really. That's in general, no props. Yeah. And, no and you're, but but there are what we call space objects, where you you create whatever you want out of the invisible. step inside to the box. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. Get out of the box. Okay. Yeah, I mean. We really, what we teach is almost like collective dreaming because it's collaboration between adults. And we don't teach children. No, but we're grown-up teachers. We're grown-up teachers, hey. But that's mainly because I didn't want to censor myself anymore. We have taught kids before. And adults need to play, too. Yes. Adults need to play, especially now. But I think just going back to the thing about props, the reason that we don't do props is because there's no anticipating what you're going to need. Yeah, I mean, you, you might need a leaf blower, you might need a chainsaw, <laughs> you know, you don't know what the scene is going to call for, so there's really no way to anticipate that, and so you have to just make the audience believe that you have it by A, saying that's what it is, and then doing a reasonable amount of mime so that they can believe that that's what you're doing. It's amazing what it does to people, especially adults who through our lives tend to get just grinded down and flattened and that imagination and that uh permission to be silly yeah is so rarely granted agreed and i think that we also uh adults that have children in particular it's like that's the children's job to do that and at some point maybe because i used to be a high school drama teacher too and there you see it like as kids um as they hit 
you know, if their hormones start going and stuff, it starts shutting down then, you know, they want to be cool and wow, yeah. you know, they start there's shutting an age, down. There's an age where people start reserving themselves because they want to be like everybody else. Yeah. They want to fit in. And yeah. so to have people come back as adults and just play wildly is, is freeing. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think, um, that we are kind of like this organism, right? That assimilates to other people around us, right? Exactly. If, you, if you are around a bunch of smart, inspiring people, all exactly. of a sudden your thoughts are going to change dramatically. Oh. But I, what, so what always makes, I always find funny is when someone, what I find funny is when someone dies, <laughs> when someone dies, people at their funeral always remember the quirky aspects it's, of them yes oh yeah so it's the parts of them that made them, them. unique yeah it made unique. them unique that's yeah. just it you know and the mo the majority of the humor that comes out in uh improv is the flukes right. i mean someone saying something that they didn't mean to say that well okay you've got a you've got a gold mine there because you've got to justify something that's absurd my favorite example of that was um, a group of people that they were the gal who was who made the offer. That's what we call it an improv and offer that it was going to be a hacky sack competition. But instead, she said hibachi by mistake. And so the improvisers all jumped into throwing flaming hibachis. I mean, you know, but again, right. how that's did you goal. know you were going to need flaming hibachis? But yeah. you did. And that so that's what the scene became. And the audience I think responds to the fact that there is no failure, you know, that that wasn't well, failure a failure success in improv. Yeah. That's what you're hoping will happen in a scene that you'll have that kind of like whoops and just enter there rather than pull away and go, Oh, I'm so stupid. I did this stupid thing. Everybody surrounds it and goes, no, that's what we want. Yeah. That's there's yeah. the brilliance of it. Yeah. You can see people light up on stage and I, I see this consistently in your classes where people think, I haven't thought that thought since I was nine years old. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I personally love seeing people play characters that are so different from type. I mean, I come from a theater background, too, where, you know, I'm older now, but when I was young, you know, I always got cast as the ingenue, and it's like, really? Again? Can I play the old evil witch no <laughs> you don't look like an old evil evil witch you don't get to play that but an improv you can change gender you can change everything you can be anybody and that's super fun to try those well, it's shoes just on. like play was originally when you were a kid you know where mm -hmm. someone goes okay you be the cowboy i'll be the indian and all of a sudden you know who you are you know how to act and you pretty much find yourself Becoming that person, becoming that character for people that come to our classes and they say, I don't do characters. And I say, well, you know, give me your aunt, give me your crazy aunt. And as, as soon as you give them a line that they can hook on to, all of a sudden, I don't know their crazy aunt, but she sure looks crazy compared to what, right. th what that person is as an individual, you know? Yeah, I was, I'm reminded of a, uh, a TED Talk that I saw that this woman gave on the impact of raising your arms over your head for yeah. five minutes a day and how it would lower your cortisol levels 
significantly. I get oh yeah, that. I get yeah. that. Yeah, and like yeah. those daily, just like yes, just just yeah. by putting yeah. your arms up over yeah. your head, and then by crouching down and and make, turning yourself into the fetal position, it raises your car, your cortisol levels. Wow, how wow. interesting. So I would be really interested to see what on a on a chemical level what no playing characters kidding. does for people. Well, and I can't because I'm not you know a biologist or but I, I can't respond to that. But what I can respond respond to is I see that playing characters because we taught at Esalen for years um, and we did a thing called expanding yourself because I see that what happens is when you play different people like if you play somebody who's really mean it opens up that part of yourself that goes oh I could in my life I could be that mean person I've chosen not to be but I could be I think it gives people empathy and it gives them empathy but it also gives them permission to try things you play the powerful CEO in a scene and in your life you have no No power power, you know but you go oh oh that's a choice you know that's a choice somewhere I made maybe I want to start exerting more power in my life or being a little sexier you know I see that happen people sparkle they get a little sexier you know which, well, and people have verbal habits that we try to break during improv because if you're playing yourself, you know, go to stand-up, you know, go to stand-up comedy because this is a group effort and you really have to have a... There's six tenets that we work on in improv and it starts with trust, leading to spontaneity, accepting offers, verbal uh, listening awareness... You have uh, body language, really looking at someone and seeing what you're getting from them, and then storytelling. And so when everybody is trying to make each other look good, all of a sudden you really look good, and you look like you know what you're doing. So what do you mean by making offers? Okay, offers can be anything from a verbal offer to a physical offer, like... uh, Let's say that I'm standing somewhere and I look like I'm holding an umbrella. Well, that's an offer, you know? And I could come in and not know that it's an umbrella she's holding. If she, she can turn it into it, whatever. And she, I could say, oh, you've got the queen's flag. And, and, and then, all of a so, sudden it's the queen's flag. Because yes. once it's named, it's claimed. Okay, you're going to go with that. Yeah. So again, with improv, you're throwing your But brilliant. again, with verbal habits, there are so many people that they don't listen to a question fully. But as soon as they hear the first seven words, they've decided No. Okay, so it's like they're really limiting their choices by not listening fully. Yeah, you know, it's funny is how like, what a good tenant that is in business as well. Yeah. Oh, like to not, all of this it, goes like, across the board. Yeah, like if your boss tells you something that you don't necessarily agree with, right? They say, "No, that's stupid." Like, yes, and yes, yes, right, right, right. and <laughs> this could happen if we go that route. Yeah, or why don't we just tweak it a little bit a little, this way? I love that idea yeah, that you had. Exactly. If someone knows that you're listening to them, they're going to give you more respect as to your opinion. Right. If they feel like they're looking at you and they can see your eyes start turning with your own thoughts, they know you weren't listening to them. So uh, I think a lot of people come to our classes simply so they can have real face time and look people in the eyes and be heard and be seen. Mm, Yeah. And I think, too, for me, um, story is so big. 
I think that we tell our lives through stories. That's how we remember, you know, that's how we hold history in a way. And uh, so I think the idea that you can uh, jump into a story with people, you know, you can jump into a fantasy scene where you're playing frogs, you know, or whatever. And that's, um, there's something magical about that. To, to go there and, and not just read the story, but be in the story. It's thrilling. Yeah. I, it, to me, is one of the greatest expressions of humanity. Yeah. Like, tr- I truly. I like, you think agreement with you with like, that. What, what are the things that make life worth, worth living? Yeah. And a lot of it is creativity and yeah. Just fucking around. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Totally. Exactly. And be willing. One of the things that, um, one of the things that is certainly true about improv is that it's an imperfect art form. There's no, and we, we emphasize this all the time. We emphasize this so you much cannot, because it's people an think they art can form. get it right. You can't get it right. I've been at this for over 25 years and I don't have it down. No, it's impossible. And if I did, it would lose its fascination for me. Yeah, you're stepping on the stage with nothing, and except maybe a suggestion from an audience. And what we often do, we do something called long-form improv, where you're going to improvise a whole play that night. You're going to do from, from start to finish, from one title. And you got nothing except trust with your fellow players and the sense that whatever anybody does is right. Yeah. And that you're going to go with that. And then we have a sense for a, like a storyline, you know, what makes a good story, a good story. Well, it starts with kind of often what we're working with, kind of an everyday thing. And then something happens that shifts the everyday and then that changes the people. And then there's some kind of resolution. So maybe, you know, that, but you don't know whether you're going to be in the mines or if you're going to be in a <laughs> castle or if you're going to be a bunch of teenagers, you know, you have no idea who the characters in the story are going to be, who you're going to be recall, who you're going to be called upon to play. You can, there's something called pimping in improv where somebody pimps you into something, meaning that they tell you, tell you something like they go, Oh my God, Marjorie, I love that tiny bikini you're wearing. And all of a sudden you're like, Holy shit, I'm playing a character in a tiny bikini. Okay. Pimping can, okay. So that would be a physical, giving them a physical suggestion. Yeah, right. But pimping can also be, uh, would you mind singing that song that you right. sang last Christmas? And so all of a sudden someone's going, oh, I got to make up a song. Yeah, that one you wrote, you're like, wait, what? I can't just pull a Christmas carol out of my pocket. I got to sing something I wrote. Okay. Of course, you're just thinking this in your mind while you're trying to pretend, oh, sure, I'll yeah. sing that to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that's, it's, it's a delightful art. It's a terrifying art. And then it's. But once you're in it, it's so fun. And I think for our classes, I mean, a lot of these people are not going out and performing long form. You know, they come just for that. They come break for the stress reduction and you just got to laugh. To laugh. Yeah. I mean, it's a stress reducer. Yeah. And we try to offer a shame free zone. So no matter what comes out, we're not going to shame you over it. I mean, right. Yeah, yeah, I think that could be something that someone might feel um, self-conscious about if they say, if they turn into this hypersexual character on stage. Right. Be like, what are these people going to think of me? But right. creating a space where you can. But do they that. are also yeah. creating a character that is so fun to play with. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I 
I personally love playing assholes, you know? I've known <laughs> enough in my life. I might as well get them out of my system, right. you know? Right. Yeah. And it's delightful to be the asshole because you know probably at the end of the story you're going to die. Yeah. Somebody's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. And then you exactly. get to have a death scene and that's really fun and the asshole and dies. Who, whoever gets to kill you has that satisfaction. Of you killing know? the asshole. Uh, yeah. yeah. But you know for a while, you let it build for a while so the audience going, oh, I really, you know, yeah, I, you, I, I, they want that to happen. It's what we call heightening it. It's like... Like once you get a tidbit that, you, okay, let's say you are the jerk, you want to heighten that. You want to become a bigger jerk. Right. And your fellow players will help you. Oh, they will. Yeah. <laughs> they'll help you. They'll give you situations. Yeah. So, again, going back to the lack of permission that there is in normal society to right. play these different mm-hmm. roles. Like people do have anger in them. And if there's no place to just be like, fuck. Uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. I agree. agree. People implode. Well, we start classes with sound ball often, and a sound ball is simply a thing where you uh, take an imaginary ball and you throw it to somebody else with a sound and they catch it with the sound. Just being able to be loud and make, I mean, our classes, they go nuts with that. And a lot of the time, I feel like it's just catharsis for the weak. People are, and people do so, so, you jerk! And the person has to be, you jerk! jerk. Yeah, Yeah. and mostly, you yeah, try and right. keep it positive, but if this is where you just get it out so that you can release that and play and play. And, and, and I always emphasize we live in America, which is so media heavy. It's like we don't even know what's in our brain. We pass buses with advertisement. We have radio. I mean, there's lots of stuff going in our brain that I don't think, you know, we want in there all the time. So just let it get it out. You know, get back to your basics. Yeah, it's all in there. I always think about um, old people and how they talk about their childhood so often. Yeah. Like, why it's still in there. Like, it's all, it's all in there. Oh, All those advertisements you saw, anything traumatic and conversations you had, you might not remember it now, but it's, it's potentially bugged your system in some way and it's going to ooze out in a way if you're not conscious of it. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it will. But you need to have an outlet. You know, yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody is an artist in some way, has some creative talent. And those talents lead us to our higher, higher selves, I believe. So why not just get creative with a whole bunch of other people that all <laughs> they want to do is have fun? I mean, that's what our classes are. So what are the first steps? Like, let's, let's, let's do one right now. All right. Why not? Okay. Okay. So one of the things about improv is that, um, you are, uh, it's getting a lot of bunch of people on the same page. And we, we say as one person's obvious is not another person's obvious. But that's what happens as far as humor coming out. So, uh, a place that you can really see that is in something called like a one word story which we'll try right now. And a one-word story is one where each one of us gets a word and we just go around whatever circle we have and we'll do it with us three right now. And so you can't plan ahead in something like this because you've got to You've got to be there. You're on what I always think of as the precipice of like what's next. We say it's like walking into the future backwards. All you know is what is you, where you, came, where you from. came from. You don't know where you're going. So there's this feeling of just being on the edge. So why don't we try one of those and we'll see where we go. Sure. All right. And some of the premise of this is uh, if everybody, if you want to try this at home, um, uh, Generally, keeping your sentences short is helpful just for memory reasons. And uh, 
What else? Oh, we could go in and going for the obvious. Yeah. yeah, and we always say go for the obvious choice because with the second you're doing it with a bunch of people, your obvious is not going to be theirs for sure. So just go for your obvious. That's all you can do. And I think it's good to let go of your ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, let go of all the ideas. Just be in the moment. Okay, so here we go. Mr. Rogers was very concerned with his purple building. Mr. Rogers was a real estate agent. The purple duck next to the purple building jumped upon his uh, boss <laughs> who immediately reco- recoiled snacked wait what, so, what? I went the wrong way you went the wrong way okay so now let's do this right. now here's the improv thing we say again when you again. when you fall apart you go again, again real and happy and you start again yeah. right. it's always yeah. a happy again yeah. okay good all right let's try it again so reincorporation reincorporating what's been in is a great thing to do dixie take us off another one word and it's story. a new word every time does it no it doesn't have to be a new okay. word every well, it's time it's just a continued oh, story yes, it's, a it's continued just a story it's okay. just a story okay take yesterday two. was my favorite birthday said Doug um, Smith Doug Smith was concerned that others might think his age was inappropriate for kindergarten ballrooms so Doug Smith raised his cane to his classroom and proclaimed I am old enough to teach fun and you see that one word st- even in that simple little exercise you're like where the hell are we going you're thinking that the whole time where are we going where i we personally going? love how it makes my brain feel because it's like you, it speeds up your brain to it's, where you're you're trying to think what you know about the time you think you know the word you're gonna say they ch- they don't use the word you thought you were gonna say and uh yeah I, it, it stimulates your brain in a completely new way that doesn't get stimulated often. Yes, I mean, it almost because feels it's your imagination. It's, it's almost like uh, like writing. Like yeah. w- like if you sit yes. down oh, to yeah. write, it stimulates a part of your brain where all of a sudden you need to think more clearly and in lot like 
just bigger than you do in normal conversations. Yes. You're like, okay, this is a complex idea. I'm going to break it apart. Here are the three right. paragraphs that are going to, going to, we're going to dissect it and then we're going to bring it back out to the 10,000 foot view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in, a, in the same way, this lights up another part of your brain, yeah. which is, which is staying present and thinking on the fly. Yes. Uh, and and it, I think it, it gets that thing. We call it connectors a lot. Like how do you connect the purple duck to the purple building? You know, yeah. like what's that connector why was there a purple duck next to a purple building okay maybe everything was turning purple in that neighborhood you know you start going your mind starts moving fast and i think those connectors are working those are super good for your brain i mean we always say this is alzheimer's prevention yeah because you're having to constantly try and make and you're going to have thoughts that you've haven't ever had before which i i've always heard you know, as far as brain waves, it's almost like super highways, especially those that you use all the time. Well, these are like adding country roads to your super highways, you know? I mean, yeah. yeah. They're places you've never been before. So this is a, a little exercise that really works connectors. And maybe I think we should just do try a little convergence here and just see what the hell happens. Because this is a super fun one to do, even if you're not an improviser. It's the most fun ever. Mm, there is an app for convergence. There is. Somebody yeah. made an app for it, so you can look that up, too. Um, you want to explain it first? Yes, of course. So uh, how it works is... So whoever calls two is in it. With you. Okay, okay yeah. so between the three of us, we will just do it. So the f- one person thinks of a word in their mind. And they just say one. And that means I have a word that I'm thinking about. Somebody else says two. And that means I have a word I'm thinking about. And then the, those two people go one, two, three. And they say a word that uh, they, they say their word. After that, you're going to repeat that process. But now you're going to try and bring those two words closer together. The two original the words. The two original words closer together. So we'll start. Dixie but and again, I will you're start this first one. But again, you're going to let go of those once you've come up with another word. Right. But All we'll right. get into the first. Let's do part one. So I go one. And that means I have a word. I'm on deck with a word. One. Two. Okay. So we both. And so now we're going to go one, one two, two, three. Guitar. Station. So we have guitar and station. Now, anybody can jump into this if you can think of a word that brings guitar and station somehow closer together you have one all right i'm gonna go two we're gonna go one one, two two, three three. concert so now we have concert and radio we're a little bit closer than we were okay so we have concert and radio you can jump in anytime if you think of a word that would bring concert and radio together oh i go one Two. One, two, three, live. So we have live and stars. Oh, now, now, I mean, now we're in this crazy place because star could mean anything, right? Star. One. Oh, yeah. Live and stars. (sighs) Live and stars. (laughs) Jansen. Okay, I'm going to go crazy on this one. Two. One, One, two, two three, three asteroid. So now we're like, we've gone completely far uh-huh. away with asteroid and, and Hollywood. Hollywood. Okay, so. Mm. Uh. One, two. One, One two, three, universe. Star Trek. Oh, we have universe and Star Trek. We've gone a little bit closer again. One. Uh Two. One, two, two three, movies. Enterprise. Okay, so you so see okay. how it works. You You're can, like... And the fact is, once you get to totally together, I mean, if you hit the same word, there's a feeling of 
before it. The you most, know, it's like, oh my God, I totally connected with you. You know, you and I worked our way together right. to hit the same page. And it, it's really fun. It's like, I don't know if you get flooded with endorphins or what, but it is like people just throw their arms. They're like, oh my God, we, we said the same word. And sometimes you never do. But it's this like thing of trying to bring our minds closer together. It's super fun. And you can't, I mean, like when I said asteroid and you said what, Hollywood? Hollywood? Yeah. How can you, that's a, one person's obvious isn't another person's obvious. Yeah. The second I hear stars, man, I'm not thinking Hollywood anymore. <laughs> I'm thinking the universe, you know? Yeah. So super fun. That's that crazy improv thing. Yeah. That crazy. Okay. Improv. We want, we want you to come in on this. There's another, mm. I thought of another exercise. It's a uh, first, first word, uh, last letter. Or first, first, letter, first letter, first letter, okay. last letter, first letter, okay. last letter. Okay. And that was amazing, by the way. Well, that was, that was super jo- fun. Super fun. It's, try it. Jo- you want to Try this it? is jaw dropping. So, yeah. <laughs> these are these are really fun to play. If you road trip with someone, we road trip a lot, and there's there's games that just keep you excited the whole time. If, if you're killing time and you're in a place to where you're tired of your music, you know, or whatever, and you're like. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, for something like convergence like that, or anything really with improv, you just have to be willing to be stupid. Yeah. You know, like, to, and, and, I, and I don't mean stupid, really, but well, we to not be on the same page as the other person. You know, yeah. improvisers are pretty much oh. good-natured folks willing to fail in public. Yeah. Because That's uh, what it is. You have to if be you to implode fail. on yourself, you've lost the audience because they're, they're going to caretake you. It's amazing what an audience will do as, as far as shutting down because they're scared that you're going to be embarrassed on stage. So but you if can, you, you're never if allowed you're to be embarrassed. enough to just go, hey, you know, in fact, at the Fun Institute, we never say, I'm sorry. We say, I'm so sexy because we want people to explode when they fail rather than implode by saying, I'm sorry. You know? yeah, yeah, Imagine yeah. if that happened in the office space as well. I know. Well, it has yeah. a few. We, we did some, yeah, we did some. I'm so, I'm so sexy yeah. for that incorrect yeah. memo I sent you. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, but it, again, it makes it funny. It also makes it funny to, that people feel good about saying, okay, I screwed up. Right. Big deal. Big deal. Let's move ahead. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know any, Failure that doesn't lead to success. Another great life skill from improv. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Well, I'm, people who grow up and they, their personalities get flattened and they're afraid oh. of falling off that tightrope oh. and they are just living in com- fear and anxiety yeah. that they're going to get yeah. found out and they're going to oh. mess up. And like, oh. oh, what an excruciating fall off the tight wire there is a net below you we were doing a corporate gig one time uh back when we were still doing those which we we've kind of stopped with that uh just for our own personal preference of what we like to do um and often because they have these they want you to make these promises like yes with a two-hour session production (laughs) and the company will be you know greatly and it's like plus it was usually the ceos were out on the bay you know on a yacht and they gave their employees maybe two hours of improv right i mean it didn't seem fair to us but i remember this one gal and i was so struck by this her only thing what what the exercise was is one 
of the two, they were in pairs, and one player had to say a word to the other person, and the other person just had to kind of riff on the word, what that word made them think of. And her job was to say the word. And I was kind of wandering around the group as they were all doing this, and I saw this woman who looked like she'd stopped breathing, yeah. and she was getting fluttery, and I, I came over and said, what's going on? She goes, I can't think of any words. And I thought, wow, you just, first of all, said a bunch of words in that moment <laughs> to me, you know, and, uh, and this feeling that you're trying to find the right word right now. And yeah. there is no right word. There's no right word. And I thought, what kind of shame has she been yeah. through? Yeah. What has happened to her that has shut her down so completely that she thought that whatever she said was going to be judged? And it, it broke my heart, really. Yeah. You know, and I, and I remember encouraging her any word. And then the first, I mean, I think she said like, dog (laughs) there's a good word a dog but that's just you know i think we all have levels of that she had it big time you know just was shamed and thought she wasn't creative and it's like everybody's creative everybody's Everybody's creative creative. you are it's like that my pet peeve people say i can't sing everybody Everybody can sing can you sing especially if you're human yeah yeah can you sing well who knows? Maybe you don't you know sing what good, I mean? but you can sing. Yeah, and even if you're tone deaf, you can still sing. It's it. You've got the vocal cords. You can do it. You know, and it. You just may have a different sound than what other people want. Do you know? So anyway, yeah, it's pet ama- peeve, Clifford. It's, uh-huh. it's just yeah, yeah. No, it's it's for real. It's amazing how. Um, how much of that most people walk around with? Yeah, and and it's it could be. From some kid in the sixth grade call, totally. calling exactly. them a, calling Usually them a, that's... calling them a faggot for yeah, making yeah, a exactly. girl's voice or something exactly. like that, right? Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, I'm not going to make yeah. that voice again." Oh, yeah, yeah. All yeah. the I can't, I don't, I don't know how. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, we have tons of that. So, yeah. and you, and you can break it apart with a simple exercise. You can break it apart. Yeah, yeah. And and con- I mean, improv to me is like. Um, it isn't like a one-time thing. You don't come into a class once and it all breaks apart. You come into a class once and you go, wow. But it's it's a practice. And as you practice it, it starts just moving into your body and changing the way you move through life. I personally like the fact that most people that come to our classes uh, the first time, they go, I've never improvised in my life. I'm going, you improvise every day of your life. I mean, how many of us plan on what we're going to do the next day? We might hit one out of five of the things we do because something else interjects that takes our attention away. Uh, teachers improvise every day. You know, they yeah. never know what they're going to receive from the class, and it's going to change them. It's it, right. it's going to change everything they planned for the day. So, yeah. I think everyone improvises all the time. It's just whether you want to recognize right. that you're good at it. Yeah, right. we we just tend to. Pretend that we're way more together than we really are. Yes. Right? Oh, right. right. This armor that we wear. Yeah, well, I've got my shit together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. Right. Don't look too close. Don't look too close. But first letter, last letter. I want to do it. Okay, right, you want to do it. Right. Okay, okay, so first letter, last letter. So the way How this is, this really works as far as listening awareness. Okay, first of all, let's say for those of you that don't know about improvising, uh, everything that gets said in a scene is true. Period. Yeah. Period. period, period, period. So that's the, that's the given that we'll be working with with this little exercise. All right. So first letter, last letter. Just, you were going to say how? Okay, now I'm going to play with both of y'all. So yes, we'll play a scene. With three, All it's things. even more interesting because <laughs> you have two people deciding what they're going to say. They have to use the last letter of the last word in my sentence to start the first word they say. 
Right. Okay. Makes sense. Which yes. we like this exercise because it makes people listen to the very end. They're not already planning what they're going to yeah. say while the other yeah. person's talking. You have to, f- you have you have to, to hear the whole sentence so you know what letter the last word ends and with. And sometimes people are like, well, what if there's a silent E and I don't know? <laughs> it doesn't matter. You just do the best you can. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. This isn't a spelling thing. So um, I might start a scene by scene. And, and then do we try and make the next sentence relate it's to the same. sentence oh, it's, before? It's the same. Yes. Okay. It's it's scene. as if all three of us are in a scene. So okay. uh, yes. So um, Captain, uh, you know, it's like everybody wants you to come down to the cafeteria. Ah, the cafeteria, my favorite place when my people meet together. We shall take. The Spanish army and conquer the world. Damn, I love hearing that. I just thought everybody wanted to come down because it's bingo night. That's true, it is bingo night. And yet, we may also, as we play bingo, plan our strategy to take the Spanish army. Yowza! I love the thought of the Spanish army while I'm playing bingo. Originally, I thought that bingo was a nuisance, but now I see that the playtime involved bonds the men, and it may make the difference. Everybody! (laughs) Everybody loves bingo night, Captain. Now that... I think on it really, too. It can help us with our strategizing. Good thinking. What do you think, Tom? My mama used to play bingo with me, and it made me feel happy, so I like to play bingo with the other guys. See? I think our plan is a winner. Bingo, strategizing, let us take the Spanish Spanish army! All right, so there we go. Goofiness, total goofiness. And And you did another voice, yay! Yay. Yay. You played two characters, yay! (laughs) (sighs) But the main thing is by having this collaborative play with with other people, it's going to take you places that you never would have gone by yourself because it's collaborated as far as uh, fantasy. And how many, uh, for me, just in that little scene that we just did, when you first said Captain and you were looking at me, and because I think we were talking before Galactic, I was was going sci-fi. And then you said Spanish Army, so it's like, oh, Oh, hell, oh, we're I'm not back sci-fi. On, I'm right. back we're, on Earth. It's another, it's another <laughs> kind of captain. Yeah, it's like you're throwing those ideas away so fast. And you just, you hope, well, they'll come up in another scene sometime or not, you know, but you just can't attach. I think that's part of it. There's, it's like improv is the art of non-attachment. Yeah. You cannot attach because it's... You gotta let go. Yeah, and you see people struggle with that sometimes. They'll be like, no, but I want it to be this. Yeah, we want like, it to be in well, outer yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, we moved on from outer space. We're not there anymore. We're playing bingo in the cafeteria. I love it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I love it. So, yeah. Do you have uh, unique dreams after a big day of improv? Do you know we used to teach on Tuesday nights, and I found that my dreams on Tuesday nights would be... It'd be uh, sci-fi. It, it was really fun. It was really fun. But then we'd go from seven to nine. So it's like 
this gets you kind of wound up. So I'd come home and I'd kind of shake it out all like this. But yeah, it gave me really good dreams. And I think uh, I would respond to that by saying that um, I always have very vivid dreams. So. Yes, <laughs> but uh, I do. But um, when we've done a long form, like when we've performed a night where we've done a whole play, and there's this surreal moment at the end because we always gr- greet our audience members at the end, and they're all going, "Oh my God, I love that," or whatever they're saying, or. And I rarely remember what we did at that point. Just like a dream, that moment that when so you wake up and you're like, "Wait, I'll remember I just what had everyone great... else did, but I won't remember my part." It's a very strange feeling. So to me, it's like when you're really in the groove, it is like collective dreaming to me. Yeah, it's like a collective dream that you're all in at the same time, and the it's hard to remember it, which is why we often video it because we want to see what yeah, we, we did. See what what we did, did everybody <laughs> respond to? Because I, I don't really know. I was so in it, just like when you're in a dream, that you're not like processing it in it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's very fleeting. Like yeah, even even in a two hour fleeting. class, you're yeah. like, wait, what were what, what was did that we scene? do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. After, yeah. After classes, we go, okay, what were your favorite scenes? And We'll both have different. She won't remember the ones that I really liked, and yeah. I won't remember. Yeah, and we won't remember what we did, what our demonstrations were. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've worked to try and do that. We'll go, okay, let's go over what what did we do? Yeah. What did we do? Yeah. So that's. But kind again, of a cool it's fleeting thing. moments, and it's just yeah. having a good time. In the same way um, that you you compared it to dreaming, you are also processing a lot of subconscious ideas that are happening like you know something will come up in a scene that you may not have thought about but it just comes to you because oh, that it just was comes in there in yeah. a very similar way that when you're dreaming you're like well why did i why was i dreaming about seals last night that's yeah. strange Definitely. where did that come and from? to like try and piece it together like well okay last week i was surfing that spot and there were all these seals barking at me and i hadn't thought of that thought until that yeah. dream oh, yeah wow. and like and then it yeah. brings it back and then it brings it back mm-hmm. and like you know oh and why was my brother in that dream? Oh yeah, my brother yeah. texted me two days ago, and you can you can almost like piece it together yeah, piece from it. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. situations in your life. Definitely, definitely, but your but your mind just doesn't know that like no that situation was over here and this one was over over yeah. there. So in a very similar way in improv, you're connecting yeah. seemingly disconnected scenes, and all you can bring to a scene is what you have. You exactly. know, we always say that's all. You're enough everything inside of you it's enough you know and and all you can bring to it is what you have and the funny thing is like if we were improvising a scene well I wasn't out surfing with you with the seals with your brother you're bringing that in and I'm bringing and so there's that thing one person's obvious is not another person's obvious and that's why like improv we always say don't try to be funny don't try to be yeah. funny funny it's happens. gonna happen funny it's happens. set up to happen it's very different from uh stand up that way where you know it's the joke it's the joke it's the joke or uh, the climax to the joke or whatever it is, uh, improv, the humor happens because you're not expect you're constantly being shocked by what's yeah. being thrown at you yeah, and yeah. what you're having to jump into. You don't have to try to be funny, which for me, I love. Because if anybody, we've had this happen where people go, oh, you're those funny gals. Be mm-hmm. funny, be funny. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how to be That's funny. Not really. Yeah. I mean, I just, I know how to improvise and improvise is, is funny, you know, so. Have you always had a uh, proclivity towards improv, both of you? It kind of came. I felt like I found my tribe, you know, as far as actually taking my first improv class. Because I, I feel like I've been improvising my whole life. I mean. But it really came. Because friends and I, you know, it's, all, it's like we 
driving around, put on a soundtrack, and you'd all of a sudden you'd be talking British or something, you know, entertaining each other or yeah. I mean, yeah. I came from more of a theater background, and uh, so they used to use before improv became an art in itself. It was more like they used improv to, um, like in a play, they'd say, let's improv some of the backstory that's not in the play so you understand your character better. So it was used kind of as a tool. And uh, then like Keith Johnstone and a couple of the really, um, Viola Spolin, started taking the art to a new form, to a... um, this performance to its own, thing. And then there started being form. like the, the theater sports started getting really yeah. big where it was like competition and, and, and it's, it has really just evolved is continuing to evolve what the art form is. But I think that and art- improv varies with the region because there's such different improv in San Francisco right. versus Chicago versus right. New York. Yeah, they did. versus Dallas, Texas. Right, know? but we kind of came to it through good works, really together, coming together because there was we were doing a fundraiser for a theater, and uh, somebody mentioned to us that they'd heard of an improvathon, and we thought, oh well, we should do that because it would take place there in the theater. Right. Before so, that, we'd done silent auctions and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So we taught, we offered people four free classes, and then we would give them time on stage. We did it one day that it was from ten in the morning to ten at night people improvising all day we emceed that all Mm -hmm. day we were Mm -hmm. much younger then (laughs) and uh we gave people slots of time depending on really their skill level i think and and the better people got later at night you know the show because we'd fill that's how a lot of the but they had to raise money right but it got us people there was such a people loved it they were like those four free classes people got so excited about it that we thought oh this needs to be happening you know this is this is a community thing and we had the kids teams at the beginning and then by the end of the night we had the one where the people take their clothes off if they make a mistake it was like a strip thing you know it was like they were called they were called scripties that was johnny davis he was fabulous and and so they would do this thing where they'd play games there's lots of tons of games and anytime one of them like broke a rule of the game that they that and all of a sudden someone would turn on the mirror ball and and they had that person had to take off their clothes yeah and but the guys would end up in what i call their jingle bells is is pretty much to be a genie a little G-string, G-string with yeah. a little belt tied on front. Yeah. But they came with tons of clothes on too. Mm-hmm. So it just, it was very funny. And so, but so yeah, there's so many and styles. And it was guys and gals. Yeah. Where did yeah. you two meet? Was it through improv? We met in, we a, met, uh, in a lesbian musical. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> we were both cast in a lesbian musical. So in 91. In 91. In 91. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was born yeah. in 90. Ah, there you go. You yeah. were one year old and we old. were... Uh, we were just meeting each other. Yeah, In we, our sexual prime, let's just say. Yes, hey. we were. And where was this? This was Actors Theater, Santa yeah. Cruz. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And right it, in the Art Center building. Yeah, there was this uh, lesbian musical called Amazon All-Stars written by an author named Carolyn Gage. And it was about a lesbian softball team. <laughs> <It was> so, <laughs> so goofy. Each character was so stereotyped of any yeah, kind yeah. of lesbian. You right. know, I yeah. played the codependent. You played the sleeve. I ball. played the sleazeball <laughs> would sleep with everybody. <laughs> yeah, but we got to be friends there. And then it just, yeah, that just happened. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Well, uh, where can people find you? You're also a writer. I want to give you give you a chance to novelist. Yeah, her next book's coming out in June of next year. What's the novel about? It actually it's it's a confession. It takes place during the Loma Prieta earthquake. So and it takes place in Santa Cruz. So it's the story of a woman confessing. Uh, uh, no, do I? How much do I say? I'll, I'll say the whole thing. It's the story of a woman who is confessing uh, the murder of their mother. Of a, so it's kind of exciting. It's all this, but it isn't. It is kind of the murder, but it isn't really a murder. It's maybe a mercy kill. But this horrible night that happened with the earthquake. Whoa! So and and part of it that I'm excited about is I got to explore a little bit. People don't know that there used to be tunnels under town, under Santa Cruz, the downtown. Yeah, and we found all the light bricks and all like this. Yeah. Apparently, there was a whole network as far as where deliveries would go to the stores downtown. Uh, yeah. And there was an underwater, si- or, I mean, the, sorry, an underground system. There was a tunnel un- system. Yeah, a tunnel. Really? I didn't un- know that. It was running underground. Yeah, it was... Um, it, it's if kind you go of complicated. Down Street, you can start looking, you know, where the barbershop and that corner is. Right sure. Right. You'll start see looking down and you'll see these glass bricks and those were the lights for the tunnels. Right. And they were using it to, um, because there was no, uh, like delivery place because, and it had to do with the way the town, uh, grew. It started next to the river and then it moved over. So they had no delivery entrances. So they started this underground thing and there was this, and I think the earthquakes pretty much destroyed yeah. those tunnels. Yeah. But so it, within this, we have people trapped in tunnels and, you know. It was kind wow. of they, ha- they have a real good uh, storyline during Prohibition too. Yeah, well, they as were used during the Prohibition. Yeah, that they, in Santa Cruz. Uh-huh. Yeah, that oh, was wow. happening. Yeah. It was also used for a kind of. Uh, I believe that the tunnels were also used, um, sort of like the underground railroad for Chinese immigrants at the time and stuff. Yeah. So the tunnels have had. There's a lot of there's history a rich history. History, history below yeah. the yeah. Santa Cruz downtown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, There's a rich history of, of Chinese immigrants in Santa Cruz Definitely. as well, oh, yeah. going Definitely. up to uh, oh, Land yeah. of the Medicine Buddha, which is this amazing trail oh, yes. up beautiful? there. And there's a, a lot of uh, flags and kind of like, yeah, we're sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Um, the symbols up there yes. for a lot of the um, atrocities. Really? That, atrocities yeah, that happened. There Absolutely. A lot here. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the book. It's called Perfect Little Worlds. It's out in June. I'm excited about it. So yeah. that's that's another world. And 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 we also have a website, the Fun Institute. So there are two websites, Fun I guess. Funinstitute.com. Yeah. And CliffordMayHenderson.net. So those are the ways people can find out more about yeah. All that's going on. And Saturday mornings at so, 10 a.m., improv class. At, yep. First yep. class is free. Yep. Anybody, beginners welcome. We take anybody. Yeah. And it's And most, lots of people will say how shy they are. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, well, I'm kind of shy. And I go, if you're shy, you have been watching people and you can play those people. And all of a sudden they realize, yeah. Shy people sometimes make the best improvisers. Yeah, shy people really do because they're they're the ones that have been watching people. They've been paying attention. Extroverts are all la, la, la. Yeah, extroverts know how to play themselves, you know. (laughs) Shy people that know how to play all the people that have kept them quiet all this time. Yeah. A superpower. Yeah, Uh it is a superpower. It is a superpower. It's a superpower. And it's really fun knowing that you can be other people and still come back to you. Like... Like she said, our, when we taught at Esalen, it was called stretching yourself with laughter. And basically, we were trying to get people into areas 
that they had shut down probably junior high after they got married after they had kids and just renew that playfulness that uh, all of us are born with I think thank you both so much for taking the time a pleasure thank you very much Kyle thank you Kyle that's our show ladies and gentlemen I'm going to play you out with a song by a Santa Cruz band called Sourgrass and this song is called Flashing Lights I will link to their band page in the show notes under Clifford and Dixie's episode I will also link to the Fun Institute as well as Clifford's books I am now doing a monthly email where just once a month I send you the best books I've been reading, the best documentaries I've been watching, the best podcasts I've been listening to. So if you are interested in getting that no more than once a month, head over to my website, kyle.surf, and sign up. I also just launched a book club, so you can go to my website and check out the favorite, my favorite books that I've been reading. And if you want to use that link to buy the books or buy any Amazon products, I get a small percentage of that purchase at no cost to you. So it's an easy way to support the show um, that doesn't cost you anything. You can also give the show a rating on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening from. It helps other people find it. And it's super helpful. Or just don't worry and keep listening to the show. I love making these podcasts for you. And I have a bunch of good episodes coming out in the weeks to come. So stay tuned. And until then... Don't take yourselves so seriously, laugh a little bit, and maybe go take an improv class. Stop it out.
Yeah.